Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. Today is Saturday, the 13th of January, and yes, we are talking about Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. We're going to break down all the games between now and Monday evening when we host the Eagles. But before that, we're going to talk about what a crazy week in the NFL and college football coaching ranks. All the comings and goings with that. The number here, 877-448-7901. The best way to get on the show, put your thoughts down in an email, jimmybsports.com. Let me know what you want to talk about and we'll get it on the air. We'll be right back to kick off the show on Power 90.1. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Shop early at Macaulay Fine Jewelry. At Macaulay Fine Jewelry, we have a group of very talented designers and jewelers on site who would love to help you create a -a one-of-a-kind piece or choose from a wide array of beautiful fine jewelry. Stop by our new showroom today at 201 South Kings Avenue. Same great staff, same great service. Don't wait till the last minute. This Valentine's Day do something special. Shop Macaulay Fine Jewelry in the heart of Brandon. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, Bucks fans. Did you survive the game last weekend against Carolina? Let me tell you something. How many times do you watch a game and watch your team hold the other team scoreless and still wonder if you're going to win the game? We beat Carolina without even scoring a touchdown. How about our kicker? Tell you what, 37-yard field goal, 39-yard field goal, and a 57-yarder for Chase. So I'll tell you, if it wasn't for him, it'd be 0-0 because we weren't going to score a touchdown in that game. Our defense held up their end of the bargain. And like we mentioned before in the show many times, this team goes as our defense goes. It'd be nice to score more than nine points, though, I'll say that. And hopefully they find a way to score more than nine points against Philly this weekend or actually Monday night or else their season will be over. So we're going to talk about what happened last week in the game. Of course, coming up to the game, everyone was wondering about Baker Mayfield. Was he going to be able to even go out there and play? Banged up ribs, high ankle sprain. Uh, Definitely, he puts his body on the line every time he goes out there and he gives 110%. That's what we like about him and that's what the team rallies around. So he did that. He was able to get himself ready, go out there and play and you could tell he wasn't himself. I would say he was probably at about 50%, to be honest with you, watching him in that game. And it was hard to watch. Uh, He couldn't make the throws downfield like he usually does. Some throws were behind the receivers. Godwin had the most yardage with 46 yards. So it just goes to show you how poor um, the offense was without a healthy quarterback. So that brings us to the question of what's going to happen this week. Is he in better shape or worse shape than last week? And I've got to tell you, I don't think he's in any better shape. He re-aggravated that ankle. You can see him limping off the field so many times. 
during the game. And you wonder how he even got back into the game several times. I was waiting, of course, for the backup quarterback, Trask, to get ready and come into the game. And that never happened. So bottom line is we did win the game. A victory is a victory. We'll take it every time. And that propelled us into the playoffs, which is where we are at right now, hosting Philly on Monday evening. What are we going to do against Philly? Well, we're going to break down what we have to do to beat Philly. But before we do that, I, I want to talk a little bit about what happened after the games last weekend. As you know, it was the last regular season weekend of the season in the NFL. And of course, Black Monday starts when the coaches start getting fired and you see all the um, pro prognosticators out there saying who's staying, who's getting fired. <clears throat> well, let's back up a little bit. A couple things did happen on Monday, but let's go back to November. November is when the carousel started with these coaches being let go. If you remember, the Raiders fired Josh McDaniels on November 1st, as well as their GM, Dave Ziegler. So that started the whole merry-go-round, if you will, of coaches getting fired. And then you go to November 27th, Carolina, they fired Frank Reich. I think that was the second time he was fired in as, in as many years. So it hasn't been a good couple of years for Frank. But we go from November 27th on to December 15th. If you remember the Chargers, they fired Brandon Staley and the GM, Tom Telesco, on the 15th. A lot of people thought that they're going to fire Staley at halftime of that game against the Raiders, if you remember that. And I was one of them that thought that he may have to walk home after that game. But they did fire him on the 15th. And then, of course, we come to this past week. Monday morning, what happens? The Falcons, they fire Arthur Smith. Now, I've been saying that for weeks on this show. The Falcons, they really just imploded this season, especially at the end. And they have some offensive weapons, but they never really utilized them. And I think that came from bad coaching on Smith's part. Now, Arthur Blank, the owner, gave Smith free reign to go out there and you know, utilize the players that they have. You got B. John Robinson out there, and they just did not. They don't have a quarterback. You can say what you want, whether it's Ritter or not, but um, there'll be a coaches, and there'll be a coach coming to Atlanta, obviously, with him being fired, Smith being fired, and they're going to have to revamp that offense. They have a, a pretty decent offensive line anchored by Chris Lindstrom, another all-pro season to him. Congratulations. But I, I think that if you look at what Atlanta has to do, they need a quarterback and a coach. They're going to probably end up getting both. So that was on Monday. Monday afternoon, Washington fired Ron Rivera. So he's gone now. The Washington Commanders are in a rebuilding season, obviously. They're in a mode where they have to put fans in the stands and they have a good location. The fan base there is strong. Used to be the Redskins, obviously. Now that the Commanders and that NFC East isn't going to get any easier. So the, they have their work cut out for them if you're a Washington Commanders fan. That was all on Monday. On Tuesday, what happened? Another axe came down on Mike Vrabel, the Tennessee Titans coach. They fired him. Vrabel started off his career really good. And then all of a sudden, the last couple of years, 
uh, let some wins get away that he shouldn't have. Good players coach, and he's definitely going to be a commodity and land somewhere. Not quite sure where that's going to be. But as for right now, it's not going to be with Tennessee. That was on Tuesday. So three coaches on Monday and Tuesday. All of a sudden, Wednesday comes. What happens? They Seattle fires Pete Carroll. Now, they fired him as, his, as a head coach. They are going to use him in an advisory role with the team. So he'll be advising the team on maybe who to pick as his replacement. Who knows? But Pete Carroll's gone. And, and he was someone that... You know, whether you were a Seattle fan or not, uh, Pete Carroll always seemed to be one of the guys, you know, running around, jumping the enthusiasm that he had. I think wore off on the players sometimes, and uh, his coaching story may have gotten a little bit old, but certainly his enthusiasm wasn't. And I think that he had a good career with them out there, and he won't be coaching, I don't think, any other teams as a head coach, but like I said, he will be working with Seattle in the office there as an advisor. So that was all Wednesday. Then, of course, what happens on Thursday? Huge news. Bill Belichick and the Patriots agree to part ways. Now, that always makes me laugh a little bit, agree to part ways. What do you think happened? Do you think Kraft said, you know, you're going you can paint it any way you want, but you're out of here. Do you think Belichick got tired of not being able to win? No, not having Brady there, not having the pieces that he needs, not having a quarterback. No, Mac Jones has done nothing. Um, what do you think his thoughts were? So anyway, whatever they decided, they had a meeting. And then on Thursday, they went on the air and said that they're going to part ways. So Belichick is going to go somewhere. That's, for, that's a certain. And the reason I say that, he only needs 14 more wins to be able to surpass Don Shula on the all-time victory list in the NFL. So he's definitely going to go there. What team do you think would be the best able to give him those 14 wins as quickly as possible? Now, if he would have stayed with the Patriots, that's probably a good four or five years trying to get 14 wins right now with the team that they have out there. But um, with Belichick being gone from the Patriots, they did hire Jared Mayo. Uh, I guess when they renewed his contract, he was an assistant coach with them. So we don't have to worry about who's going to coach the Patriots because Mayo is going to coach the Patriots. It was written into the extension, his succession plans that Belichick and company put into place. So he'll be taking over the helm for the Patriots next season. No good luck to him. Where is Belichick going to go? Of course, we talked about all the coaches that did get fired. And you know what? I think there's a couple more on the hot seat this weekend. And Todd Bowles, I believe, is one of them. You have Todd Bowles, who did get us to the playoffs the last several years. The Glazers want to win a playoff game. Now, from a financial standpoint, getting to the playoffs is a nice windfall for ownership. So the money that they'll be making on this game on Monday night will take care of a lot of ills. The payroll, of course, $75 million gap because of how they had to restructure things when Brady was here and a couple other re-signings over the last several years. So that's going to be a little bit of an issue. 
whoever takes over if, in fact, Bowles goes. If the Bucks win on Monday evening, I do believe the Bulls' job is safe. If the Bucks lose, I think that he is definitely on the hot seat and may not have a job next year. Is Bill Belichick a good fit for the Bucks? Is Belichick a good fit for the Falcons? How about the Washington Commanders? Who knows? I, I'm going to say this. I've, I've never really been a Patriots fan, whether they had... Belichick, or when they had Belichick and Brady up there running the show together. I did admire all the time what Brady could do. I obviously admired Belichick coaching the way he did and, and winning the um, Lombardi trophies. Saying all that, I believe that the game has passed Coach Belichick by. He's old school as they get. He is someone who goes out there and coaches the way that some college coaches coach to get the players to the NFL. And I don't think that style works anymore. It, it, you have to be more of a player's coach. You have a generation of players right now, in my opinion, that were brought up a different way. And the old school way, whether it be in the NFL, you can look at some the college as well. Of course, Nick Saban, he's done. I was going to get to that, but this ties in nicely. One of the reasons he's going, and he self-admittedly said, the NIL, the transfer portal, it's, it's taking away from the game. It's not what it used to be, and it's a different, different ball game right now for coaches all across the leagues, whether it be in, in college, whether it be in, in professional. You have professional coaches now getting players coming into the draft that are being paid, that were paid during their college days from the NIL money, from sponsorships and all these um, things that they're doing right now to pay the athletes. We can have a discussion on that, whether you think it should be that way, shouldn't be that way, needs to be adjusted and, and whatnot. So my point is right now, Belichick will go somewhere but I don't think he's a good of a fit for a lot of teams as some people may think. His time has come and gone, in my opinion, and he would best be suited in an advisory position with some team to stay in football. Uh, he wants to be able to be the GM and be the head coach. Now, for the Patriots and him to part ways the way they did tells me that he wasn't willing to relinquish that power that he had as head of football operations as well as a head coach. What team is going to give him that power to do all of it? I'm not sure. Do you think Carolina might? I, it's a possibility with them. But other than that, I don't know. Blank and, uh, blank with the Falcons. I know they're, um, he's respected Belichick for a long time, even though that well, Belichick's team came back and beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl several years ago. Maybe that would help ease the pain for the Falcons. Not sure, but I just don't see Belichick being able to go out there in today's environment and have the success that he's had. You have to have a great relationship with your quarterback right now in the NFL if you're an NFL coach. And it did not happen with uh, Jones and Belichick up there in Foxborough. He needs to go to a team that has a quarterback that is already someone that's uh, proven 
And the only place that I see that right now, honestly, is the Chargers. Am I saying he's going to go there? Nope. I'm saying that that's the only place that I think would be a good fit for him. So would love to hear your thoughts on that. Love to hear your thoughts on Nick Saban leaving Alabama. I want to say one more thing about Saban leaving. That leaves a, a, a spot, a vacancy to be filled. I know locally a lot of people were saying about Norvell going to Alabama. Of, of course, Norvell, the head coach of uh, Florida State, Mike Norvell. It was between him and Steve Sarkeesian uh, of Texas. As of right now, both of those guys are staying put. So if you're a Knowles fan, you don't have to worry right now. They're going to give uh, Mike a nice contract. He'll be staying with Florida State as well as Steve Sarkeesian staying with Texas. I think right now Alabama is going to be interviewing Kalen DeBoer, who is the head coach of the Washington Huskies, who got to the national championship game, and also the offensive coordinator for Alabama, Tommy Reese. So they're going to interview those. I, I do think that Kalen DeBoer is going to end up getting the job. We'll see what happens. But nonetheless, crazy week in the NFL as far as the coaches go. Take a quick break. We'll come back and discuss the games today and tomorrow and Monday. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body and it continuously monitors your glucose levels. You might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. Call us today for a free benefits check. 800-390-5160 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Of course, we're talking about the Bucks right now. We want to go to an email. Bill from Land of Lakes says, Jimmy B., Bill Belichick is available to be a head coach. Do you think that the Bucks should jump on that? If not him, then who do you think would be a good head coach in the event that Todd Bowles gets fired after this week's loss to the Eagles? Well, um, thanks for that email. I think you're saying that the Bucks are going to lose this weekend, and we're going to talk about that here in a second. But as far as your question, I, I mentioned in the last segment about Belichick. I really don't think that he would be a good fit down here. The Glaziers aren't going to give him run of everything. That didn't happen since John Gruden was down here. Belichick wants to be able to run uh, the operations as a GM plus be the head coach. I don't think that's going to work for the Glaziers and the Bucks down here or for any other team, quite honestly, as I mentioned before. Of all the coaches that are around, I really like Mike Vrabel. I think that he is someone that he's a he's a player's coach, but he does demand that you have some discipline. He does demand that you go out there and work at your position uh, very hard. And if not, he's going to call you out on it. And a lot of people say that uh, he may be going to Ohio State. 
But day is so a coach out there, so I don't see that happening, at least right now. So that's a possibility, I think, of all the uh, potential openings that if, in fact, the Bucks do have a opening for head coach, which I'm not saying they will, because if they win this weekend, that won't be the case. If not, you know, who knows what could happen. But I, I do like Mike Vrabel of all the coaches that are out there right now. Let's look at the game. We have the Eagles coming to town. If you remember, the first time that we played was this season week three. They were down here. It was another Monday night game, and the Bucks lost that one, 25-11. If you remember on that game, Rashad White he had a pretty um, decent game, but not as good as Swift for Philly. I think he had 130 yards. Now, they're saying the weather has a good possibility of rain. The field drains fairly well, Raymond James. So unless it's going to be a continuous rain, I don't see it being that much of a factor. I know that as far as the weather goes, they're going to be selling tickets at a reduced rate because, quite honestly, the ticket sales are down from what I'm understanding for this game. It's a playoff game, and if you're a diehard Bucks fan, I would say that you go out there and you sit in the rain and you cheer the team on. That being said, a lot of us will be watching it on TV. What are we going to look for? Well, two teams are going in two different directions. The Bucks have won five out of the last six games. The Eagles have lost five out of the last six games. Let's talk about us. What do we have to do? Number one, it's hard to say what we have to do when we don't know what we have being able to play in the way of Baker Mayfield. You talk about him being banged up last week. Well, last week's game didn't really help the cause because he got banged around even more. So he's got that high ankle strain going along with the bruised ribs. That's a heck of a combination. And I'll say this. I think we saw what the Bucks organization really think of Kyle Trask by not putting him in the game last week. I think you had a, a Baker Mayfield that was probably you know, 40, 50% healthy. And that didn't motivate the Bucks to make any changes during the game. We don't, don't forget, we won that division playing against a 2-14 and 14 Carolina team, and we did not score a touchdown in that game. How many other teams do you think, if we were playing in the NFL besides Carolina, would we have won that game? I don't think too many, to be honest with you. I'm not sure what you think about it, but would like to know your thoughts. Going forward on Monday night, the Bucks need to be able to run the ball and stop the run. I'm not confident in Mayfield's ability to go downfield and throw the deep ball. So what's that going to do? That's going to allow Philly's defense to collapse. They're going to bring the safeties and D-backs up. They're going to clog the, the sidelines and make Mayfield be very pinpoint accurate going to receivers across the middle, whether it be Godwin, if they put him in the flank where he should be. You have Evans who needs to find a way again to be able to get open. Kate Godwin going across the middle. 
But again, Rashad White is going to be the key player in this game, if you ask me, because he's going to have to come out of the backfield. You're not going to be able to run the ball down Philly's throat. Yes, they've had issues. Their front seven have not played well. I'm not saying that. And we're going to get to them here in a second and tell you about what they have going on. But for the Bucks right now, what we need to do, everyone's zero and zero going into this game, into the playoffs. So whatever your record was, if you were you know, 14 and three, or if you were, Nine and eight, like the Bucks were. Now you're zero and zero. So the slate is wiped clean, and we need to be able to develop a game plan. I think Canales is getting better with his design of plays during the season. Once he got to know what the capabilities and limitations of his players were. As the season progressed, I think he got a little bit more creative. He started to get the ball to White out of the backfield, which is what we were saying. And many of you were saying, too, in your emails and text to me about what he needs to do. So did the Bucks go in the right direction as far as being able to help their cause? Yeah, but the Bucks are on a roller coaster ride this whole season. Don't forget, they're a 500 team pretty much. No, nine and eight. So there are 500 team, and you never know what Bucks team is going to show up. What happens with the Bucks? We said it a hundred times. They go as their defense goes. So which defense are we going to see on Monday night? Is it going to be the same defense that we had against Carolina? If so, then we have a puncher's chance. Because I'll tell you what, for as as inept as our offense was last week against Carolina, Philly's offense is in disarray, as is their defense. So don't forget, Philly is a team that was 10-1 in Week 12. 10-1. And And they stumbled to the finish line. And, you know, if they would have lost one more game, they may not have made the playoffs. So they're able to get in there as a wild card team, and that's why they're down here having to play on the road instead of hosting a game up there in Philly. Dallas won the NFC East. So what's going to happen now is that Philly comes here. Talk about Mayfield being banged up. Jalen Hurts, what's going on with him? He's got a dislocated middle finger on his throwing hand. From all indications, what I'm hearing up there in Philly, he's thrown one pass all week. And that was the backup quarterback, um, Mariotti. So I think that if you look at what's going to happen with the Eagles, they they have two receivers. They have Smith and they have um, Brown, A.J. Smith and Brown. Now... Brown's banged up with a, with a knee injury. I do believe he's going to be able to play. And, you know, Smith is going to be out there. Devontae Smith's going to go out there and play as well. But it doesn't matter if your quarterback can't get the ball to the receivers. You go out there and try to throw a football with a dislocated middle finger and see how that works out for you. Then add about, you know, 10 guys blitzing you because I can guarantee you that the Bucks are going to set up blitz packages against the Eagles and Hurts for most of the game. If you look at what we do when we have success, Bowles sends the dogs and let them go after the quarterback. We did that last week. 
and that helped their cause as far as being able to go out there and beat Carolina. Now, does Philly have a good offensive line? Yes, they do. Philly's going to try to run the ball. DeAndre Swift is going to get probably the most carries of his career on Monday night because the way that they are going to be unable to, I think, pass the ball downfield. They're going to run the ball, especially if field conditions are wet. And if it is raining, you don't want the slippery ball out there and you don't want to be throwing it up there and hopefully, you know, never knowing if you're going to be able to get on the offense or if the defense is going to come down with an interception. Therefore, I do look for it to be a low-scoring game. I look for the... Defense of the Bucks to be able to make some plays. I think it's going to really come down to the Bucks defense coming up with big plays, sacking Hurts, and causing turnovers. Hurts lets go of the ball a lot. A lot of times, if he takes off, he gets hit, he'll, he'll fumble the ball. He had to, like I said, they were 10-1 early in the season, and they lost five out of the last six games. So they're in turmoil right now. Their coach, Sirianni, is he on the hot seat? A lot of people think that he is on the hot seat. And they put some new uh, coaches in there on the defensive side. I, I know you have um, Matt Patricia calling plays now for the defense. That hasn't worked out so well. He complicated things from what I'm hearing up there. And like I said, Philly is in disarray right now, so we're catching them at the right time. But again, we're going to have to score more than nine points. So we have to worry about us more so than what they're going to do. Let our defense, you know, Winfield and the guys take care of Hurts and the offense. I'm confident that our defense is going to play well. What I'm not so confident about is what our offense is going to do to generate points. We need to put points on the on the scoreboard and not just rely on our f field goal kicker leading the way. He's he's been the MVP. When your field goal kicker is the MVP of the team, that's not really saying too much sometimes. So we all need to go out there on the Bucks and probably play the best game of the season. Because like I said, both teams are zero and zero right now. So the Bucks need to go out there and all bets are off. There is no tomorrow. I am going to predict this. I am going to say that at some point during the game, both teams are going to have their backup quarterbacks in there. Mayfield's going to, he's going to feel Philly's defense coming at him as well. Even though Philly's defense has not played well lately, they are going to come after Mayfield on Monday evening, I guarantee you. And at least for a couple plays, and hopefully not too much longer than that, I think you're going to see Kyle Trask out there for the Bucks, And I think you're going to see Marcus Mariota out there for the Eagles. It may come down to who's got the better backup quarterback. And Trask has not seen plays at all this year so that might be a disadvantage to us love to hear your thoughts on the game we're going to come back and break down the rest of the playoff games the number here is 877-448-7901 again jimmybsports.com shoot me an email and we'll get it on the air we'll be right back to keep the show going on power 90.1 
Fire and Ice Heating and Cooling, serving Valrico and surrounding areas. Locally owned and operated, Fire and Ice will give you an honest estimate on any repairs you might need. Also specializing in new installs, using the industry's highest quality parts and equipment. Don't fall for service time gimmicks that end up sticking you with an overpriced repair bill. Over 25 years of experience dedicated in providing exceptional services. When you don't want service with a guest, call the best. Fire and Ice Heating and Cooling. Call 863-797-7096. That's 863-797-7096. Or online at fireandiceair.com. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, football fans. Like I said, before we get to the Bucks and Eagles on Monday night, there are five other games to be played, and they start today. First game is at 4.30 when you have the Browns at the Texans. Now, Cleveland's a two-point favorite in this game. Um, now, before we get to them, this, this weekend of, of football, you have Matthew Stafford. He's returning to Detroit. And you have the, the good matchups of some regular season uh, games. The Browns and Texans are one of them. That's what we're talking about right now. The Eagles and the Bucks are another one. And the Dolphins and Chiefs are the third one. So when we're talking about the Browns, now the last time these two teams played, if you remember, Browns wide receiver Amari Cooper finished with a team record. 265 receiving yards when Cleveland won that game 36 to 22. Now, granted, the Texans they didn't have their starting quarterback CJ Stroud, who was in concussion protocol at that time, and uh, the backup there, I think it was Keenan, had a couple interceptions. So the, the Texans have the utmost confidence that they can beat any team when they have Stroud playing. So they have them this week. Saying that the Browns' defense is one of the you know, top two or three in the league as far as what they do as a unit on the field and that defensive side of things. I think they're going to win the turnover battle against Houston. Although Houston doesn't turn the ball over too much, Cleveland's defense is going to be something that I don't think Stroud has seen this year. Now, his weakness, in my opinion, is also solving the man-to-man coverage. Remember, he's still a rookie quarterback, so no quarterback likes to get blitzed. No quarterback likes to have pressure, especially from the middle, and that's what Cleveland can do. Even though Stroud does have the highest QBR in the league against zone coverage, he only ranks 27th against man coverage. So that's going to be his um, his uh, downfall, I think, in this game. And I think when you look at the Browns, their cornerbacks, Denzel Ward, Martin Emerson Jr., um, I think they're going to really put the clamps down on the receivers. And I do look for the Texans to win this game. Cleveland, even though they have a better record, that the Cleveland Browns don't play better against the better teams. And we're going to see a good matchup here. Uh, you have Flacco, who is obviously uh, playing well, uh, coming off of his couch halfway through the season. And they call them up to play. But I do think that the Texans are going to win this game. And I think they're going to win by 10 points, to be honest with you. 
Now you have the Dolphins at the Chiefs, which is going to be tonight at 8 p.m. For some reason, it's on Peacock. I don't know why the NFL is doing that, but uh, I guess it'll be the first playoff game that's ever going to be on Peacock. Hopefully, it'll be the last one as well. Back to the game. Kansas City is... um, Favored by four and a half to five points the last time I checked. What's going to happen in this game? Well, first of all, it's going to be frigid. I was reading that it might be the the third or fourth coldest game ever when they kick off in postseason history tonight. Um, They did meet. Both these teams did meet in week nine. Tyreek Hill... Uh, you know, he's with the Dolphins and Kansas City's going to be playing zone coverage to try to counteract the speed that Miami has. Um, the Chiefs held Hill to 62 yards and I think he fumbled when he was trying to return her for a touchdown there at the end of the game. Are they going to be able to repeat that? I'm not sure. Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagalovoa, I think he's going to have a decent game. Now, when I say decent, when it's going to be you know, zero or worse, um, and it's going to feel like it's in the negatives by Saturday night, Tua, you know, he's been criticized for not being able to play well in cold weather. He's lost all four of his starts in sub-45 degree weather. Don't forget, we're talking about the Miami Dolphins going up there. What's going to happen? On the other side of the coin, Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, he... um, He's thrown multiple touchdown passes in six straight postseason games, and he's going to try to tie Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana, and Drew Brees for the third longest streak in postseason history. Is he going to be able to do that? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with his tight end, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey has not been the same player as he's been in past years. Now, I don't know if that's due to... um, a lot of things that Kelsey has going on off the field or if he just got um, sidetracked and or if, uh, you know, father time is catching up to him. We'll see what happens. He says he wants to play next year. Well, let's worry about the next game here, Travis, and that's that's tonight. So he has to go out there and play well if Kelsey plays well, I think that the Chiefs should be able to win this game. Are the Chiefs going to be able to slow down Hill? I don't know. You might want to give Hill. Just don't let him burn you deep. Keep him in front of you. If they can do that, I think that um, the Chiefs will win. They're playing in Kansas City. A lot of people are picking Miami to win this game. I'm not. I'm going to say that Kansas City wins this game by a touchdown. Then you go to the Marlins games, 1 o'clock, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. Now, that's going to be another game that's going to be a little chilly at. Not as bad as it's going to be in Kansas City, but nobody wants to play the Bills right now. Uh, they're probably the hottest team in the NFL. And when you look at Josh Allen in the postseason, He's the only player in the NFL playoff history to average 250 passing yards and 50 rushing yards per game. He's got the highest 
combined average yardage, that's 344 points if my math is right. So he is someone that when the playoff time comes, he tends to raise the quality of his game and he's going to need to do that, you know, playing against Pittsburgh. Typically their defense is good. However, you are going to have TJ Watt not going to be able to play. He's the edge rusher, edge rusher for uh, the Steelers. And I believe that when he's not playing, then the rest of the team's going to have to pick him up because, as you know, Watt's probably one of the best defenders, if not the best defender in the game right now. Pittsburgh has to run the ball well between the tackles to win. Najee Harris has to play well. If he does that, it'll be a decent game. Either way, I think that Buffalo comes out ahead when it's all said and done. I think they win by 10 to 14 points. The Packers at the Cowboys. That's a 4.30 game tomorrow. Now, that's a game where Dallas at home, they're favored by seven. If you look at the games before, the playoff games, these two teams, a lot of history between them, Green Bay and the Packers. You know, if you remember the Ice Bowl, that was back in um, 1967, I think. You know, 2014, you had that game where Des Bryant, did he catch the ball? Did he not catch the ball? I don't know. But how about Dak Prescott and Jordan Love? They're the respective quarterbacks in this game. Dak Prescott, they're, they're you know, expected to get to the NFC Championship game. Anything less than that, and who knows, Dallas's head coach Mike McCarthy might be on the hot seat if they don't get that far. You know, Jerry Jones not getting any younger, and his patience is kind of waning with the Cowboys not getting a championship. So... You got two quarterbacks that I just talked about here. You got Jordan Love and Dak Prescott. This is a game that features the first and second in NFL and touchdown passes this season. Prescott has 36, Love has 32. Saying that, I think it's going to be a running game. I think Tony Pollard for the Cowboys and Aaron Jones for Green Bay are going to have good games on the ground. And I think that, you know, the Packers are 5-0 and at AT&T Stadium all time. So that's going to close the gap a little bit. When it's all said and done, though, I do believe that Dallas is the better team. I think they'll put some pressure on Love. And I think that they come away with a seven-point victory in this game. So that would be the game of 4.30. And then you go to Sunday night's game, which is the Rams at the Lions. Uh, Matthew Stafford against Jared Goff. Stafford coming back home against Detroit. It's the Lions' first home playoff game since the 1993 season. That's what? Um, that's a long That's a long time. So... Um, Two former number one overall picks face off for the second time since they've been traded for each other, if you remember, in the 2021 season. So there's no shortage of suspense, that's for sure. Lions coach Dan Campbell, he's going to try to lead Detroit to his first postseason victory since the 1991 season. On the other side, you have Rams coach Sean McVay. He's looking to improve his 7-3 and three career record in playoff games. I think Stafford has a good game. I think Stafford's going to throw for somewhere between 300 and 350 yards. Um, 
I think that if you look at both these teams, they're, they're teams that are hungry. Campbell, the coach of Detroit, he's made a, a definite impact on them. Their edge rusher, Hutchinson, he, um, he finished red hot with five sacks. I think that the running game, that the, the game plan, again, is going to be a running game. You have David Montgomery and Jamar Gibbs. Um, what's going to happen with those guys? I think they're going to see a lot of volume on Sunday night. And I think when it comes down to it, you have to look at turnovers and when you put all those things together, I think that because the Rams are hot right now, I give them the edge, believe it or not. I, I thought that Detroit would win the first playoff game this year, but for some reason, Stafford coming back, the Rams playing well lately. I'm looking for the Rams to be able to win this game by a field goal in the fourth quarter. So it's going to be a great weekend of football. Uh, if you're a football fanatic and you, of course, it's always fun when the home team is playing. They'll be playing. They'll keep the suspense up for the last game of the weekend on Monday night. And, you know, I've been getting texts and emails along here. I didn't say who I thought was going to win this game. So I guess it's time that they put me on the, the hot seat and, and make my prediction. So here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that... Although the Eagles were uh, backing into the playoffs this last six weeks as they lost five out of six, and I think that the, the Bucks they've won five out of six. Sometimes it looked as though um, they were a playoff team, no doubt. Other, team, other times it looked like they were on the other side of that you know, 500 record. So I'm going to say that Especially if the weather is bad, I've got to say that I'd give the edge to the Eagles in this game. And the reason I do that is because the Eagles have the ability to wear the Bucks defense down and keep them on the field by handing off the ball to their running backs, especially DeAndre Swift. I don't think that Hurts is going to be able to... Um, have a, a very good game against the Bucks secondary. I hope that the Bucks play a man-to-man -man defense and not play that soft zone defense that Bowles has um, let them play. All that does, in my opinion, is prevent the team from winning when they play that prevent zone defense. So I hope the Bucks go man-to-man. -man. That'll take away Hertz's ability. Like I said, his hand is mangled right now. I don't look for him to throw the ball very well. Saying all that, if the Bucks can control the time, if they can get sustained drives, it would definitely help their cause if they can get White to have a good game, maybe get to the outside and, you know, maybe throw some short passes to Kate Auten. And if Mayfield is able to stretch the field, that would really be a plus, although I just don't see it. So overall, and I hope I'm wrong, I hope that the Bucks are able to win this game. But calling it from the way that I see it right now, I think the Eagles have the better personnel on both sides of the ball. And I think that the Eagles will come away with um, a victory. I, I say the Eagles win by 7 to 10 points. And I think that um, 
all because it's going to be Mayfield's going to be banged up. And I am going to stay true to what I think that I said earlier. I do believe that both backup quarterbacks, Marcus Mariota for the Eagles and Kyle Trask for the Bucks, are going to see some time in this game. Love to hear your thoughts, and I'm ready for the emails. Um, and uh, let me know what you think. Guys, that's all the time we have. Always great talking about the local teams. We'll be touching on, hopefully, the Bucks again next week. Definitely on the Lightning. They had a nice win the other night in overtime. Um, they're getting into this time of the season right now where we have to look a little bit closer at what they're doing. We will do that. We'll see how these coaches with the carousel, how that ends up in the next couple of days. We have about, I guess... The next couple months to put anybody in place so we'll be talking more about that as always have a great weekend stay safe stay vigilant above all stay positive and we'll talk to you next week in the gymnasium thanks for listening guys have a great weekend